Good morning, everybody. For the visitors, uh, so the, the, stand, the, the joke about the standalone sermon is that uh, Neil came up to me on one Sunday and said, uh, what's, the, what's the sermon about? And I said, it's a standalone. That means like there's no theme, there's no, it's just a, it's just a sermon. And he stood up and said, see, he's going to preach about standing alone. And, uh, it's sort of contrary to the, to the, the Christian life and uh, Christian community. So it was a, quite a funny joke. But it's good to be back, and it's great to see um, so many people. We were here last week and um, and uh, walked in, and there is such a life here. You know, I thought to myself, you know, if 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 if, if we got back after a sabbatical of four months and like things were falling apart, then you're definitely building wrong, and you can't build around one person. You can't build a church around one person. Well, you can, Jesus Christ. But uh, it's just great to be back. It's great to see the life. It's great to see what God is doing in Wellspring Community Church. Um, so, yeah, it's really good to be back. And, uh, and thank you for uh, the opportunity that, that I was able to take time out. I, I, I calculated that I've been in full-time church work for 27 years. And this was the first sabbatical I had. So uh, i still got a twitch under my left eye. i still got a in my heart, but uh, we'll get there. Um, and so, yeah, just um, great to take time out. And um, to the oversight team, uh, thank you for holding, thank you for leading, thank you for feeling the, 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 the weight of ministry. So thank you to you, to the leadership team, thank you to you, to everybody. I mean, this is a church where we, we all get involved. This is a church that, uh, that we all have a, a contribution to make. So thank you to everybody, it's great. Just on our, our, our front here uh, as the monocons. So uh, I, I've got one more child left in the house. The other one matriculated. Um, so that's really, really good. She did so well. Um, so that's good. Um, I, I phoned the headmaster of the school and I was quite emotional on Friday. And I don't think I uh, communicated clearly by just saying thank you to, to, to him and to his staff. And, um, but it was five years in one school and it was just an amazing opportunity for her. And uh, the standard joke in our household is my daughter and my, my wife are going to be studying together. <laughs> Candace doing a PhD at uh, UCT and uh, Ellie going into first year. So we'll see how that all goes and pans out. So, but it's really good to, to be here. It's good to be together. And um, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to preach this morning. And it's on that theme, what is God saying? So this is not a message for the church. This is something that I feel God has laid on my heart. And it's quite weird in terms of the dynamics of preaching is that as I've experienced that, I'm able to share it with you. Um, and, uh, and I hope that it is helpful for you. If anything, one thing you can, you, you can know is that um, sort of as a pastor, I do hear God speak to me, which is a good thing, <laughs> which is a good thing. So, um, so yeah, I, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to be sharing with you. And the subject that I want to talk about this, this morning is on obedience. I know, I know. It's January, we could have preached something totally different, but, I, but, but this is something that God has been dealing with me in my, in my life, particularly over these four months of sabbatical, the subject of obedience. And so as I mentioned that, that term, obedience, what comes to your mind? Is it a negative term? Is it a positive term, this word obedience? Um, is it a burden that's related to one's religion, that you do, 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 and you don't, don't, don't? Or is it this uh, thrill of walking in close relationship with God? What motivates you to be obedient? What is this motivation that comes when we are encouraged to be obedient? 
Is it a positive motivation or a negative motivation? What about in society when we, when we mention this word obedience? Um, what, what, what do we hear in sort of the movies and the, in, in the newspapers and the books that we read? What, what sort of what's, what's stirring in society when we, when we hear this word obedience or when we are, are called to a place of obedience or to come to experience obedience in society? What is it? What, what, uh, what do you know about obedience within society? I mean, what, what I mean by that is like take schools, for instance. I mean, we could chat to Joel. And ask her what is what is this idea of obedience and how is it how is it lived out in, in, in school? What about the workplace? What about in the home? What is society saying about this this subject of obedience? What about in the church? What about in the church when it comes to this subject of obedience? Um, church history and church culture um, is it is it a, a a subject that has been abused or is it a subject that is used for manipulation? Um, or is it a subject that brings one to sanctification, or does it bring you to grow in your relationship with, with, with God? And so when we look at the subject of obedience, just by that introduction, I mean, it's, it's multifaceted, isn't it? It's, it's, it's quite dynamic because it's, it's moving, and it's, uh, it, it, it's, it's something that, uh, that, that can either have a positive or negative effect on our lives. But when we read the scripture, actually the scriptures have quite a lot to say about obedience. Um, the, the sort of some of the thoughts or as I was sort of pondering on obedience within scripture, the first one is obedience is positional. I love that. Obedience is positional in, in 1 Corinthians 15, 22, I think it's there, where it talks about uh, sort of um, sin came into the world through one man, Adam, in his disobedience, but then through Christ we, we are forgiven of our sins through his obedience. And so an obedience is a position we find ourselves in as Christ's followers. I mean, I want to sit down now because the message is preached. Because that's the essence. Obedience is a position you find yourself in through the work of Jesus Christ. Then there is, a, then there is the, the lifestyle of obedience. And I, I probably get that wrong most of the time. Maybe, maybe it's a South African thing. I don't want to generalize. But like, you know, like speed limit 60. We're going 80. And then you see the, the, the speed cop and you... Slow down, you know, it's like, we always make a way as South Africans, we always do this as South Africans, we'll always, but there's this lifestyle of obedience that the Bible calls us to, and it's a difficult lifestyle, hey, this lifestyle of obedience, this lifestyle of obedience to, to God, to Jesus, to the Holy Spirit, and then there's, when it comes to obedience, there's this action of obedience, it's interesting, isn't it, so there's a position, the lifestyle, the action, Maybe there's something in your mind that's, that's stirring when it comes to obedience and how you would define obedience as a Christ follower. The Bible has a, a lot to say, as I said, about the subject of obedience. When we start in the Old Testament and work our way through the New Testament, in the Old Testament, we find in Deuteronomy 11, verse 26, it's quite, it's quite um, rudimentary in, in, in the definition of obedience. It's quite uh, um, crude in a, in a sense, where, where we, we read that, that scripture where it says, Obey and you will be blessed. Disobey and you will be cursed. And, you know, you don't want to hear that message when it comes to the subject of obedience. But you can understand it as it sort of finds its way in, in, in the book of Deuteronomy. But as you move through the Bible and you come to the New Testament, we see that we learn that through the life of Jesus, that all believers, all Christ followers, are called to a life of obedience by his example. Wow. There's that 
that like that maturing in the subject of obedience from Deuteronomy all the way through to the life of Christ and the Gospels and going beyond that. So all that to say, as I as I share with obedience, uh, share on the subject of obedience, I'm not calling you to examine your life and are you obedient or not. Now if the Holy Spirit is doing that, then that's fantastic. But I'm just sharing with you my experience on the subject and what I've learned through obedience. And and maybe it's not obedience for you this morning. Maybe it's another subject. But it's this, this idea that God communicates to us. God's desire is to continue to reach out and communicate with us and build relationship with us. The scripture I want to read to you, if you've got your Bibles, your devices, is John chapter 14. I love that portion of scripture. It's just an unbelievable portion of scripture. And so I want to read to you from John chapter 14, verse 15. And it goes like this. If you love me, obey my commands. Oh boy. If you love me, obey my commands. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate who will never leave you. He is the Holy Spirit who leads who leads us into all truth. The world cannot receive him because it isn't looking for him and doesn't recognize him. But you know him because he lives in you. Now and later, uh, he, will, he, he will be in you. No, I will not abandon you as orphans. I will come to you. Soon the world will no longer see me, but you will see me. Since I live, you will live. And when I am raised to life again, you will know that I am in my Father, and you are in me, and I am in you. Those who accept my commands and obey them are the ones who love me. And because they love me, my Father will love them, and I will love them and reveal myself to each one of them. What a lovely portion of Scripture. There's so much in there. But what I'm going to do is I'm going to share an experience that I had over the sabbatical time, and then I'm going to speak into four points around the subject of obedience. And so Candace and the, and, and the kids, you can't call them kids, eh? Can I still call them kids? No, they'll always be. Always be my kids, okay. Candace and the children, they went, uh, they went on holiday, and I was going to join them later. And, uh, and uh, I was going to join them later, and so it was uh, the, the, the Sunday before Christmas. Um, I woke up on, on, on the Sunday and I decided, like, I'm going to go back to the office. So while I was on sabbatical, I still was working at Kitty Rides, and uh, I just have, it's a great privilege that God has afforded me to, to manage and run a small little business, Kitty Rides, and uh, oversee the whole business. And so it's, it's been fantastic. Um, like, talking about being in the ministry for 27 years, I, did not, I knew nothing about business. Somebody phoned and asked for an invoice. I had to Google what, how you put an invoice together. That's how bad it was. But it's got a lot better than that. Don't worry. Um, and I'm, I'm really enjoying this. I went, to, I went to work. It was about 7.30 on Sunday morning. And as I was driving to work, I felt God say, you've got to go to church. And so, like, that can't be me because on sabbatical, like, I've told myself I don't want to go to church. I just, like, not that I'm rebellious, but I just was just, like, just wanted to just have a break. I felt God say, you've got to go to church. And then I said, okay, put it back in my mind. Got to work, opened up, and uh, looked at what I needed to do, opened up my computer, and I felt God say, you need to go to church. 
They want to go to church. Anyways, carried on working, and then I felt God say again, you need to go to church. I was like, oh, Lord, you know I'm on sabbatical. <laughs> <laughs> and I said, okay, if you want me to go to church, you tell me what church to go to. And it was quiet, and, um, and it was an imprint. It wasn't an audible voice. And I felt God saying, you go to Christchurch, Kenilworth. So Christchurch, Kenilworth. So we building a relationship with them through Alpha, and any church that runs an Alpha, I'll go and visit. And um, so I said, okay, Christchurch, Kenilworth. So I Googled their, got onto their website and wanted to check when their service was. And uh, this was about 10.30 on Sunday morning, and I looked, and it was 11 o'clock. I went, oh. Time. <laughs> I was hoping like it's like the services were done. It's like ah, okay, ten thirty, sitting at my desk, and there's a clock up on the wall like that. I said, okay, I'm going to work a bit. So I started working a bit and uh, looked up. It was quarter to eleven. I said, like you know, I could work a bit more and miss it. I'm being honest with you guys. Yeah? Okay. I, I could miss it. So ten to ten to eleven, I look up and it's ten to eleven. I'm going like, oh man, I've got to go to church. So anyway. I got in my car and drive to the church, and uh, I got there at about five past eleven. So I started, and I, uh, I walked in, and I, I told the lady at the door, I said, "I'm so sorry." She said, "No, you can come in time." Like, okay, Lord. I think that was enough. I said, "No, you can come in time." I said, "Okay, cool." So on my way to church, I was saying, "Like, Lord, why do you want me to go to church? What's the reason? Well, what's the purpose?" And uh, the, that was my prayer, and I wanted to know. And I obviously revealed a bit, you know, like, it will be revealed to me in time, but I need to be obedient. And, I, and so, it was great, I, I sat right at the back of church. It's so cool to sit at the back there, eh, Renee? <laughs> <laughs> and I sat at the back of church, it was so nice, and the music was going, I wasn't responsible for anything. It was really quite cool, actually, being at church. And I sat at the back, and as I sat, uh, as, I, as I was standing there as the worship, this lady walked in, and I knew her, I know her so well. She walked in, and she goes, hey, how's it? I said, hey, I'm like, right. She goes, sits behind me, so I wasn't right at the back. Um, so she sits behind me, and the service is going, there's a guest preacher, and I'm going, hey, it's a Christmas message, it's great, like, cool. Um, I said, Lord, is there something in the message for me? There was nothing. I said, okay, cool, no, fine. And um, after the message, um, there was a prayer, and then I, I turned around, and I said, hey, look, I'm going to go. It's so nice to see you. And she goes, oh, I'm also going. So we walk out together, and I say, like, oh, I'm just visiting this church. And she goes, no, 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 you're leading the church. You know, so we know each other well. She actually worked as a, a staff member for me in a previous church. And, um, and she said she's also visiting. And I said, now you're going to start realizing, like, God is doing something now. You know, it's not, it wasn't a, a, I didn't think this in my mind because I missed you guys. It was, it was God, like, honestly imprinting in me that I needed to go to church. Anyway, so we walked and we're standing on the street corner and I realized that was my moment. I am happy, I'm just a little emotional. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I, that was my moment and I could have stuffed it up and said, hey, nice seeing you, cheers. And I stood there and I said, look, and I, I heard that a, a mom passed away and I said, look, sorry about your mom. And I looked at it and I said, you know, when we worked together, I, I probably didn't lead you well. I probably didn't do a great job. I uh, just want to say I'm sorry. We hugged each other, I got in my car, and drove away.
It was such an amazing experience. And, the, you know, like I drove back to work, carried on. And I don't know if it's like this is the way like God works in my life. And, like afterwards, like, sure, Lord, that was amazing. Wasn't this like, like crazy spiritual experience? I mean, it wasn't this crazy spiritual like hype. It wasn't, it was just like during my day. It was just, you know, but like if I wasn't obedient, I wouldn't have had the blessing of that, that experience. And so my encouragement is, let's be obedient to the words of God. And so in that experience, and, and, and um, I, I want to share four insights that, that I've been milling over in my head around, around obedience. Because um, God speaks to us in our obedience. God speaks to us in our obedience. And so the first point I want to make is like, obedience deepens our intimacy with Jesus. Obedience Deepens our intimacy with Jesus. When you look at that portion of scripture that I read there, I mean, just the, the, the language that is used, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a relationship language, a relationship of love and intimacy, um, where, where Jesus says that I won't leave you as orphans, I'll come to you. I, my Father will be there for you, so I'm not going to leave you alone. And so there's this, there's this intimate relationship that Jesus like uh, spells out or he communicates before he goes into this command of, uh, us to be obedient, and so there's this relationship, and you've heard me say this over and over again, the Holy Spirit, when the Holy Spirit comes within us, or when we allow the Spirit to have His reign in our lives, He, he gives us this ability to be intimate with the creator of the universe, because it's the Spirit within us that shouts, Abba, Father, so as we open up to the Holy Spirit, as we open up to the work of the Spirit in our lives, we come to identify ourselves as, as part of the family of God, part of the family of God, Abba, Father, and so, and so there's this relationship that is, that is a one of intimacy. There's a, a, a relationship that, 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 that God desires with us. I mean, look at that other, that, 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 those other words there. Like if, if, if like my Father is in me and I'm in my Father and you are in me. And if you love my Father, my Father will love you and I'll love you and you'll love me. I mean, there's that Trinitarian sort of community of, of deep, perfect intimacy. Deep, perfect, perfect intimacy. And so our relationship with God through Jesus by the power of the Holy Spirit is a relationship of intimacy and love. I mean, you've got to get that into your heart. You've got to get that into your mind that God is not out to get you. He's not out to call you to a, a place of obedience because you've been disobedient. And maybe that's the, the, the church mindset of culture we find ourselves in. It's like, oh, I've got to obey the Bible because like, God's there with a stick ready to hit me. Um, and it's crazy, you think like, oh no, that's quite extreme. Maybe it is, but, but crazier things have, have, have happened in church. This thing about obedience and disobedience. That's why I love the, the, the concept of obedience being positional. What Jesus has done for us. And so, the, so, so when, we, when we are obedient to God, the, our intimacy with Jesus deepens. And, uh, and, and when you look at this, uh, this concept of, or the subject of obedience, there's a number of definitions, and it speaks into this, this sense of uh, intimacy. Um, let's look at a couple of these sort of uh, general concepts of obedience. Um, and so when you look at obedience, the Bible relates obedience to hearing or heartening to a higher authority. A, a hearing or a heartening. Our hearts move. Our hearts are open. Uh, our ears are open to, to, to a, 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 um, a higher authority. And so, like, maybe, maybe the Holy Spirit's going to work with you today because 
maybe you are a person of disobedience, as I am. Um, maybe, maybe this concept of, I don't want to submit to a higher authority, because the higher authorities that I've had in my life haven't been great. You know where I'm going? But it's this, this concept of, of hearing and, and opening our hearts to higher authority. The idea of positioning oneself under someone, uh, under somebody by submitting to their authority and their command. Oh, I mean the rubber starts hitting the road now when we start looking at these concepts of what actually obedience is. It's this thing of, um, of submitting oneself to, to, to their authority, to their command. It's about trusting it's about to hear the word of God and act accordingly. To, to hear God's word and act accordingly. There's no ways I'm going to go, oh, Lord, is that you really speaking to me? Or is it my desire for church? Lord, is that you speaking to me? Or I have these withdrawal symptoms of church community. Look, no, no, when you, when, when you hear God, you hear him and you know. You know it's him. And the last definition that speaks about, about this Relationship of intimacy through obedience. True hearing or obedience involves this physical hearing that inspires the hearer to believe and trust and in turn motivates that person that's hearing to act in accordance with the, the person, the speaker's desire. Wow. I'm not sure the last time that I submitted to God's authority over my life to the point that I did that day. Doesn't it become a bit blurred? Doesn't it become a bit sort of frayed around the edges when it comes to this, Lord, I'm obedient, like I don't steal, I don't murder, I don't commit adultery, you don't play. you totally missed it. Totally missed it. And I guess for me, like, I don't want to go ahead of myself because that's one of my points. It's like God spoke to me. God spoke to me. God speaks to you. I mean, there's the general voice of God when we're in community. And, you know, I was sharing with people, like, they're saying, how sabbatical going? I was saying, sabbatical, like, it's about me and the Lord and our relationship without distraction, without, without distraction, without um, substitution. Substitution. Like, sometimes I won't, I can get through a week without praying. But then I come to church and I hear somebody else's prayer and I'm very like, Got it, but I haven't prayed. Substitution. Distractions all over the place. It's like, no, it's you and the Lord. It's you and the Lord. I shared last week, community, like, I probably got my, 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 my thinking a bit uh, messed up after 27 years. Uh, church community, for me, it's like, let the church help you, you know, grow your faith. But, but the church is there to support you. You must grow in your relationship. You must. Because if you don't, you're not going to. The church is where you come and you're supported and encouraged. And, you know, it's like if you want to go on a bike ride and it's a long ride, you get your mates to join you so that they can get you through the ride. But you've got to ride. If you've got to do a run, you can get your mates to run with you, but they're not going to run for you. They're there to support you. So when we are obedient and we hear God's voice, and we, we and maybe, it's that, maybe it's that concept for me. It's like when I submit to... Uh, to a high authority or command. That's intimacy. No, I, I think it is. I think it is. It's, it's when you submit to that and you say, have your way. And God has his way. There's such 
Oh, there's such a connection. There's such a connection. So obedience deepens our intimacy with Jesus. I felt very close to God after that experience. I really did. Secondly, obedience to Christ shows that we know that <coughs> He is God and we are not. He is God and we are not. There, verse 17 of that scripture that I read you read to you. He is the Holy Spirit who will lead you in all truth. The world cannot receive him because it isn't looking for him, it doesn't recognize him. But you know him because he lives within you, and later I will be with you. I don't think it's an exclusive comment that Jesus is making here. He's just stating the obvious that the world don't know the Holy Spirit because they don't have Christ. And so when you go on the Alpha course, um, you go on the weekend away, there's this opportunity for people to receive the Holy Spirit. And somebody would come and say, I'd love to receive the Holy Spirit. And the, the question I ask that person is, have you received Christ as your Lord and Savior? Because when you receive Christ as your Savior, you receive the Holy Spirit. When you receive all of Christ as your Savior, you receive all of the Holy Spirit, 100% of the Holy Spirit. It's just your capacity and the work that, that, the, that you'll experience the Holy Spirit. But you get all of the Holy Spirit. And so, what I did discover when you, in that portion of scripture there, it's like the world doesn't know him or receive him because they haven't accepted Christ. But when you, when you receive Christ, we need, to, we need to put to bed this idea of, like, is God for us or against us? You've got to put to bed, like, does he want the best for us or is he out to get us? Uh, maybe you've got to put to bed, does God actually exist? I mean, I'm talking to. Christ follows, and some people might be exploring, exploring the claims of Christ, but I mean, we've got to be a bit honest, don't we? Um, when, we when, we, when we engage in obedience, when we become obedient to God, we're actually declaring you are, you are, you have all authority over life. You are God. And you know best for me. You know what's going to happen from this experience. You know what I'm going to learn. You. And that's what, that, that, that's what I trusted in. That's what I trusted in. So in my experience, I asked myself this question, was it the Holy Spirit that moved me to respond to God? Was it Jesus igniting the Holy Spirit to stir in my heart? Was it God through Jesus by the power of the Holy Spirit saying, Steve, you've got to go to church? Yeah, all of that. <laughs> all of that. It's amazing. We have this advocate, this advocate that intercedes for us to the Father. We have so much going for us as Christ followers for us to engage with God, to submit to His authority. And even though in my flesh I, I don't want to and I don't want to go to church and I want to go and do business and I want to make money not in a bad way <laughs> he speaks to me in my office in my broken down car go to church go to church I, I think it's a different sermon when I, if I didn't go to church When we come to his direction in our lives, there's this process of learning to trust and obey him because he is sovereign, he's trustworthy, he keeps his promises, he's always the same, he's faithful. What else is he? Mighty. What else is he? 
merciful. What else is he? Sovereign. Sovereign. What else is he? Present. Present. What else? Loving. Loving. What else is he? Giving. He is sovereign. And part of this experience for me is, is, is realizing that, that God is not only Savior, but Lord of my life. It's great for him to be Savior, isn't it? But he's Savior and Lord. Savior and Lord. And I guess part of me trusting God in a step of obedience is the fear of the consequence. The fear of the consequence. Like, I don't know where I was going. I don't know what the outcome was. I didn't, but I've got to trust God. And sometimes it's not like when he takes us places and makes us do things, but it's for our good, isn't it? It's for our good. The Romans 8.28. Um, and we know that in all things God works for the good to those who love him, who've been called according to his purposes. We know that scripture, but it's true. And when you are obedient, that speaks volumes. Okay. Thirdly, two more. Obedience helps us understand ourselves deeper. Obedience helps us understand ourselves deeper. I love that scripture in Luke chapter 5 where Jesus gets into Peter's boat and he preaches to the multitude and then he gets out and then the, Peter and the guys go and catch fish but they don't catch anything. What does Jesus say? Throw your net onto the other side. Now these are avid fishermen. These are experienced fishermen. And they've caught nothing. And here comes this guy, this, I think he's a city guy, town guy. And he grew up in the town. And he said, hey, no, throw your nets on the other side. Can you imagine this fisherman going, what the heck is this guy talking about? <laughs> I've been fishing all night. So he throws it over, and the, the catch was so big that it almost broke the net. He had to call the other fishermen to come, pull the, pull the net out. And, and, uh, and Peter comes to Jesus, falls, falls at Jesus' knees. Um, and, he, and Peter says this. He says, go away from me, Lord, for I'm a sinful man. I don't hear and they're like, whoa, Jesus, thank you so much for this catch. In Peter's obedience, he realizes stuff about himself. He realizes stuff about himself. He realizes that he's a simple man. In my experience, meeting that lady and apologizing to her, there's things in my life that I needed to come to terms with, about probably the way I led or the way I treated people. Yeah. Let's turn around and say, Lord, I messed up there. Or, Lord, I'm insecure in leading a big group of people. Or, Lord, I'm like, there was this opportunity for me to do self reflection. And for us, I think as Christ followers, we're really bad at that. The self reflection. This, this, this thing about like understanding ourselves a bit more. And so, when I was thinking of uh, when I wrote this uh, this point down, the one thing I said there is one thing. No, one thing that that the step of obedience helped me with is I, I know that God speaks to me. But then I then I write yeah, But another thing is to know that I spoke to God. It's not God all the time that's coming and He's telling you things and you're ticking off that thing. Then you're going yeah, and then you're ticking off this thing and then you okay, Lord, you want me to do that and you're doing that and you come back and say next, Lord, but. I mean, but we have that in our minds sometimes. Like God always he like downloads all the time. It's like, hey, Steve, I want you to go to church. No, I'm not going to go to church. Steve, I want you to go to church. I'm not going to go to church. It's part of the process. Part of the process. Part of knowing how how, how God speaks to me and how I speak to Him. I've got, in 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 this journey of obedience, 
you, you start understanding this, it's um, self-awareness. We become self-aware of who we are and how, 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 how we treat people, how we act, how we treat ourselves. Like, we need more of that. Not to be self-centered or selfish, but to say, like, you know, this is who I am. This is who I am. And one other thing that I picked up about, like, knowing something about myself is this, this concept of outward obedience. And you see it in the story of, of Mary and Martha. So Martha's running around trying to serve Jesus. I would run around and serve Jesus if I can provide a meal for him. I don't mind getting reprimanded by serving Jesus. I mean, that would be quite, quite amazing. Um, but Martha was like going for it. And then I think the, the, the story turned when she goes and criticizes Mary. It's like a judgment. You know, it's like, Lord, I've been working hard, but Mary's sitting at your feet. And I think uh, Martha was quite surprised by Jesus. His response was, Jesus says, Martha, you need to know that Mary has chosen a better way. Of course, God is calling us to serve others, that God himself is drawing those people to himself. But the danger is, when we say that I'm going to be obedient in serving in a ministry, um, it, it's, it's a, we need to be careful because it's subtle in terms of, you know, there I go, I'm serving the Lord and I'm being obedient and I'm getting there at 6 o'clock in the morning, and I'm sacrificing, and I'm, I'm, like, I'm just being obedient. And I think that's short-sighted and naive to think like that. And this is just something that I'm just milling over in my, my, own, my own head around this concept of obedience and understanding who I am as a person. We can easily substitute service and church work and, and, and ministry um, for the offering of true obedience. And when you read the scriptures, all the encounters, okay, you can challenge me on that, all the encounters that, that, given in, that give a, 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 an example of obedience, it, it, you know, other than sort of like Peter the fisherman, it's all quiet. It's all in devotion. It's all you and the Lord. It's not like, hey, I'm going to show you obedience, everybody. And you see that, and you give me a clap. I'm being facetious now. But, but the point I'm trying to make is like, you get to understand who you are when you go on this journey of obedience because it's you and the Lord. It's you and the Lord. And finally, obedience releases the blessings of the kingdom. You still with me? Sorry, man. Am I? Obedience releases the blessings of the kingdom. A couple of points here. The first one is obey, obey God in small things. Firstly, Obey God in small things. I love this. The Lord arranged a miracle that Peter will never forget. The Lord arranged a miracle for me that I'll never forget. And I hope that that friendship is reconciled. But it's a small thing. Go to church. It's a small thing. I suspect there's many things God has told me that I just didn't hear because I'm too busy or I'm distracted or but, but it's in the small things. And it's in those small things that you'll, that you'll experience the kingdom of God in such great power. I mean, as Peter experienced the miracle of catching the fish, Jesus had to orchestrate that the fish would get into the net. I mean, he moved heaven and earth. But it was a small little thing that he did. Small little thing. So, to release the blessings of the kingdom, obey God in the small things. Secondly, um, what we need to realize is when we obey God, it benefits others. I love that, actually. That's so cool. When we, when we obey God and when we're on this journey of obedience, it benefits others. So I was able to give her a hug and, and wish her well with her mom and find out a little bit more about her and, 
and just say, like, sorry, you know, and she had an opportunity to say, I probably didn't support you as well as I could. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. And I said, hey, you've got to come visit us at church sometime, because you're looking for a church. Huh? But you never know, in your step of obedience, how many people it actually touches. How many people it really gets to. And I think it like, surely it should permeate throughout. A small step, a, a small thing, being obedient, benefiting others, what it could do for somebody there. And it's not anything heavy for you. It's just saying, Lord, I'm going to be obedient and I'm going to trust the consequences. Obedience opens up the door for him to work in your life, for him to bring that assurance. It opens you up. Obedience deepens intimacy with Jesus. Obedience to Christ shows that he is God and we are not. Obedience helps us understand who we are, understand ourselves deeper. And obedience releases the blessings of the kingdom. Let's pray. Father, we want to come before you and thank you for this time. Thank you that we can gather. Lord, I pray that we would be your people. And as we follow you, as we desire to hear from you, call us to obedience in the small little things. Call us to obedience in our workspace. Call us to obedience at home. Call us to obedience at church. Come Holy Spirit. Come Holy Spirit and touch our lives. Thank you, Father, that you call to us through Jesus by the power of your Holy Spirit. Pray that this would be a season where we follow you closely and hear from you a lot. We thank you for Wellspring Community Church. Come have your way. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.